Hey, Sharks, I'm Trey Brown. And I'm Don Brown. We're two brothers from Los Angeles seeking a $200,000 investment for 5% of our company. You're bumping your favorite track, cruising down the back streets, just catching a vibe. But then that smell hits you. Oof. A nearby <laughs> landfill, spilled coffee, even forgotten french fries can turn your car from an oasis into a horrible, stinky nightmare. For years. Even your favorite <laughs> basketball teams. This one smells like winning. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> Wherever you are right now, I need you to give some super claps for Super Trey and or Super Trey. I'm pointing in the wrong direction. For Super Trey and Super Don. Oh, good, <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you guys good doing tonight? Appreciate it, Joe. Oh, I appreciate you well, guys. Yeah, I appreciate you guys reaching out in the comments and uh, and and deciding to come on. It's uh, it's always fun to get to share entrepreneurs, super entrepreneur stories, uh, especially from you know the Shark Tank, uh, and and it's great that you guys are able to be here. So uh, let's jump right in. What was your relationship with Shark Tank? You know, before getting to know that you were going to be a guy, you know, on Shark Tank. Yeah, so um, I'll I'll start off. Um, But basically, I mean, we're huge fans of Shark Tank, right? Like we always were since like the first season. Um, We've always been entrepreneurial minded, right? Like we've always been involved in sort of trying to grow a business or be part of a business. We come from entrepreneurial family and background, right? So like it just made sense. And on top of it, I mean, it's just a hell of a show, right? Like, I mean, obviously. But um, yeah, we applied. Uh, well, I think it was about three times before, right? So we actually, the first time we applied when we was in our first year of business and we didn't have, you know, really any numbers. Um, and we got to the second or third stage, I think it was after filling out all the paperwork. But then we, th- the producers just decided, okay, I guess we're not going to go with these guys this year. So I applied every year after that. And then I, on this time, I was like, listen, we're growing as a business. We're growing as a company. Um, this is going to be my last time applying for Shark Tank. Um, and I applied and then we got uh, a call back and then all this stuff started to happen. We got on the show, obviously. But um, what was crazy is the 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 same producer that we spoke with the first time, uh, he was in charge of Ride Fresh or helping to produce Ride Fresh the the, the for for actually being prepared to be on television and he hadn't worked on that on Shark Tank uh, uh, um, for, I think it was like three years or something like that. And then he ended up seeing us again and he said, oh, I got to get these guys on the show. So it was really cool because we connected over that because I remember talking to him, what is it, three, four years ago. And then he actually saw the progression of our company and saw how fast we grew. And he was like, oh, yeah, these guys, you know, um, we got to get them on the show. So. No, I, I I think that's that's really cool when you get to see people through their journey as well, right? Especially when you talk about years uh, later, and you know, especially if you were um, in their mind, right? Like if if you're memorable for them uh, to yeah. want to like you know bring bring you back uh, and 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 get to you know have you on, and uh, and I'm sure it's it's exciting for them to get to see that that it, you know growth as well. Um, yeah. So okay, so you so you you applied three times prior to getting to be on Shark Tank, which is which yeah. is pretty awesome. I mean, not everybody goes through that process. Did you make it as far in the process, uh, that far in the process, the first two times? 
So the first the, the first time we made it to the it was a pro, uh, production call, right? Where they basically were like, "Listen, either you make it or not, right? Or you're on the path." So we thought like there was just one call uh, the first time where it was like, "Okay, once that call is done, you're on Shark Tank," right? That we learned this time that wasn't the case. There was a lot of like multiple gauntlets you had to go through and pass to actually get to the final like um, like the production. And then even when you get on the set and you pitch, all of these pitches don't make it to TV, right? So in our mind, it was, okay, so we were we knew we were interesting enough from the first time. The other two times, it just didn't work out for whatever reason. And this time, this is the final time. This is our final shot, regardless what happens. We need to be interesting um, as hell, right? Like to make sure that we get on TV because the promotion from Shark Tank um, can do wonders for your company. So that's kind of how it shaped, shaped up, right? Which was, you get, we got to the, I think that it was like 1% of companies in the, in the, um, the ones that actually apply, get to the, to the second stage. And then we got to that stage. We didn't get through um, to the final stage, but this, this last time we got through and then we're thinking, Oh, we're on TV, right? Like, this is great. <laughs> um, definitely not. It's months and months of preparation work, pitching, getting your, your sets right, uh, signing documents, uh, them telling you how it's going to go, right? Like pre- like uh, uh, presenting in front of the executive producers, uh, you know, having them give you feedback, and then randomly one day getting a call like, listen, you need to be here Saturday at 6 a.m. Um, in the morning. And, you know, that's pretty much how, how it went down. That's how it happened. Uh, no, I, I mean, that's, that is the, the story that we've heard a lot here, uh, on the show, you know, you don't know until you, till you know, right. Like even, yeah. uh, with the, the Shark Tank live episode where, uh, you, I've had all three of those uh, sets of entrepreneurs on, um, where they were like, you know, we didn't even know then <laughs> like it's a live show and we might not even be the ones that get to go out there. Um, yeah. so it's, you, you just, don't know now uh now don on your end um so you you were a big fan of shark tank as well yeah um as, as long as i can remember man i used to actually envision myself pitching um to the sharks my friends we used to literally sit around and watch some of the reruns um and some of like the bigger funnier kind of moments uh that we saw and so going into it i kind of knew from watching it and being a fan um the different like personality traits of each shark um and their tendencies as well um and so you know yeah it it wasn't like we didn't know much about the show i mean i've been watching that show i want to say at least the last like you know six seven years maybe longer than that um you know i was a business major like trey mentioned we were always into entrepreneurship and so to see people get that opportunity um a to pitch to the sharks but b to get their businesses exposed in the way that 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 you can when you are you know you appear on that show um, was always just kind of cool to me like to see um, and then also the variety of types of entrepreneurs and businesses that have appeared on the show um, and seeing you know just like it was actually a huge uh, source of learning for me in terms of how to whittle down a pitch because um, I had a background in advertising as well but kind of like thinking of yeah we know it's cut down from a longer conversation but if you have to you know, communicate a business concept or anything really to anybody that you want buy-in from, 
um, being able to do it at a fast pace and under pressure. So, um, you know, yeah, I've, I'm, I've been a huge fan of the show for a long time. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's the, the, uh, the long, um, and the longness of the of the conversation and being cut down i think you know it's for people who aren't like big fans of the show don't realize that like this stuff doesn't happen you know in, yeah. in the eight minutes that it happened on the on the, on the shark tank live usually um yeah. and yeah. uh so yeah so i i i i mean to me i i love uh that you guys were uh, passionate enough about going on Shark Tank to to go through the process three times that you know and uh, and and I think that just goes to show like how much how much um, you know how special that is that that there's you know that you're able that you're willing to put yourself through uh, the gauntlet more than once um, and and keep doing it uh, as our friend uh, here of the show Kim uh, Meckwood who who applied seven times to be on the show and got through on her seventh time with the click and carry. Like it's, it is, it is just, yeah. just to apply is uh, an incredible yeah. feat. Um, and, and go through at least some portion of the process uh, is, is absolutely incredible. But um, so once you guys started to figure out that you were going to, you know, it, it was looking more and more like you would get through uh, what, you know, t- talk to me about balancing, uh you know the business uh if i don't know if you guys had other jobs at the time or or still have jobs um and then and family uh as as trey you, i don't know if you you're willing to share but you know it's, it's, course, it gets complicated right? <laughs> yeah 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 no definitely i mean i had my my first son about a year ago right and um so that has been uh <laughs> thank you uh, that has been a, a journey in itself right but for me Personally, that focused me even more, right? Because it was like, okay, like this is something that I know we've been doing for a long time, but this is something that I know could change the uh, 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 change the experience that my son will have growing up, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, change some of the, the issues or challenges that he may or may not have to face because I put him in a great situation um, genera- generationally uh, to, to, you know, to succeed. So for me, you know, it was just sort of like, let's hit the ground running. Um, I was pretty much full time into fresh for a minute. I, I have a background in sales, right? So, um, I, I, the beautiful thing about sales is you can do that anywhere. But for me, it was like, okay, well, if I'm going to be gr- like great at sales, I might as well do it for myself. Right. Like, and really just take these, this year, uh, two years really to, to really solidify these relationships, right. And these relationships being with Viacom or now Paramount media, uh, you know, uh, the NBA uh, AutoZone target, right. Like these are conversations that I didn't, I didn't know anybody at these places, right. Like I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have some magic like wand that I could wave and be like, Hey, you guys want to do it right fresh? No, it was hard work, tenacity, and just, pulling rabbits out of the hat to make things happen. So I'll, I'll never forget, like, um, with with AutoZone, it was I, – I still, to this day, I call it my sales masterpiece because I'm like, I something like this, it's just so crazy. Like, I just literally – I'm a LinkedIn warrior, right? So I find these individuals that I think align with what we're trying to sell, right, to a buyer or an organization or whatever. And – 
I didn't know anybody from AutoZone. Middle of Memphis. I'm not from Memphis, right? <laughs> like, and you know, I saw this lady on LinkedIn, um, and I reached out, and I did it in the most like ridiculous way. She didn't have a a business number. She only had her cell phone, right? Listed, like it was listed on you know online. So I said, listen, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So I called her, right? <laughs> and I said, hey, listen, she picked up. She says, hello, you know, um, who's this? And I was like, ma'am, my name is Trey Brown. I'm a young black entrepreneur. Um, I just need five minutes of your time. I know you're busy, but I, we're really onto something. We're the first black air freshener company ever created in the United States. Uh, would you please talk to me? And she said, yeah, right? And then after that conversation... She opened the door to, you know, everything else and to everyone else and the buyers at AutoZone. So we ended up going there. And so I think it's just like, yeah, it's there. Everybody had different jobs and everybody was they have their own personal jobs and they're doing this and that. But I, I think that it took like that year, year and a half for us on the retail side specifically. Right. And then to, to really move to the next stage. And like that's what I had been doing behind the scenes with Shark Tank and everything else. So while while Shark Tank is happening, right, like all of this is happening in the background without, you know, like Shark Tank, right? It was just literally us, the, the three founders, making it happen um, before that. So I think that's really important for uh, your viewers and everyone else to know, right, which is like that's how we came into it. We came into Shark Tank um, doing all of this as a company. We didn't come into Shark Tank like, oh, you know, we don't really, you know, we, we need a deal. It was more like we want a deal, right? And that type of conversation is just different. Um, it's always different. In business in general, it's always going to be different. So that's kind of how, um, that's how I worked uh, for the for the first two years, which was getting the funding, making the connections to grow us, to scale us. Um, and then Shark Tank hit. And it was like, Great. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like another another um, W for us. Right. Like, how do we utilize this? And then um, once Don, Don and I were the ones that really went to work on it and I'll let Don speak more on it. But w- we were a, a, a solid team in terms of how are we going to maximize this? And with Don's background in marketing, um, you know, he was able to take it to the next level. And I think he dropped off. I'm not sure. He, he did. <laughs> he, he, he did drop off again, um, unfortunately. But we'll get, we'll, we'll get back with Don on that. So I, I think three key takeaways there um, that you you did the research, right? Uh, you, you found you found her number. Um, you were direct in what you were looking for when you did, you know, work up the courage to call the number. And, uh, you know, for any especially young male knows what it's like to call female, let alone oh, somebody, man. you know, that could um, completely change your life. Um, and uh, and and being real about what your intentions were. Right. And, and direct, like, again, that directness, the realness combined with the with the research that you put in. Um, I, I think all, all three of those key things really make a difference between having I mean, I've, I've had that time, too, where I've called people who are like, 
normally I hang up on people like you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. And and we end up having a conversation at the end of sponsoring my event. And they never sponsored any other events uh, yeah. before, prior to mine. But because I made the phone call before, because I made a connection, because I brought something different to the table than what they had already heard in the past for like the 15 years this person had been in the industry uh it, it makes all the difference and then uh the other thing and we'll, we'll bring you in don now that you're back um sorry is, i don't know what's going on with my connection it's all good it's all good we'll we'll work we'll work with it um is is the want versus need a deal how explain to me the thought that thought process and how that thought process would be different had you been on the show the first time you applied versus the third time you applied. Yeah, I, I think for for me, I mean, it's just about the growth and matriculation of the of the business and the leverage that you have in that in a in a business conversation. So, what we were talking about earlier, Joe, with the amount of the conversation that ends up on the cutting room floor, that's kind of like they deem not for TV or whatever reasons. Um, a lot of that is like an actual kind of like not made for TV business exchange, right? Where they're talking about the nitty gritty about the subscription and churn rates and, you know, cost of acquiring customers and all of that stuff. And I think in that conversation, because of the way that the business, we've been able to grow the business, it's an entirely different conversation, um, which, you know, gives us a little bit more leverage in terms of, you know, uh, a deal or, or not right like for us it's 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 had we had that conversation and gotten on at that point in time um i mean i'd say like nothing really that we discussed in terms of the business we'd be able to to, to say about that company three years ago um so i'd say in summary it's just about the difference between having an early stage business or an idea and then having a fully functional business with traction and accomplishments and um, and, and leverage, right, from a business standpoint. When you just have an idea and maybe have a prototype and a couple of sales, which you see all the time on the, on the tank, it's not, it's not rare for companies at that stage to get deals, um, but they're deals that obviously at, at our stage that wouldn't really make us comfortable, right? Um, and so me as the marketing guy, I'm also always thinking of, and I know you'll probably get to this, the joke and all that, um, is obviously like the biggest uh, factor there is the appearance on the show, what it's going to do for our business from a marketing standpoint. Um, and although we were extremely excited to be on the show and have worked really hard each time to try to get on, um, you know, we all we always knew as a team that that's the real prize there. Um, you know, and I, I, you know, if you look at the deals that are made on the show, they factor in that TV appearance as well, right? Uh, it, it's not like these are deals that or conversations that would occur traditionally or even valuations that would occur traditionally without the element of the show. So it's it's kind of known on all sides that, hey, you know, um, they have all the leverage in terms of before you air. <laughs> uh, but we know that securing that air date was the was the North Star for us. Mm, yeah, I mean, the marketing aspect of it and, and the replayability of it. Uh, is is so important right certain episodes uh, for sure have been replayed because they get picked up by msnbc more often than other episodes that just air once in a while an abc or um or replayed on like hulu or uh something to that effect so um 
so yeah, I, I, we're, and we're going to get to the, the joke and all that, all that controversy, uh, and, and all that in a little bit here when we get into the tank, uh, itself. But, um, so wh- how did you come up with your, your, f- your 200,000 for 5% uh, valuation? So when we originally, and that's all part of the, the whole conversation, right? A lot of things that people just don't see, um, we had a valuation. We know what the real valuation of our company is, right? Um, but for the producers and for the sharks, there's a, a sweet spot, right? That works for them and works for TV, right? Um, because if I come in there saying my my company's valued at eight million, you know, there's a lot. There are larger sums that you're going to have to invest in order for it to make sense, right? Um, and a lot of those times. I, I we, like Don said, the smaller companies, it makes sense, right? Because those numbers can tend to be out of the range of a normal person who watches the show, right? Like these are all multi-million dollar deals. That's not sexy, right? Because you're not really, you know, helping the guy on the street who, right? Like who, who has the idea and it's really good and a company and they can grow and scale it, but they need this little nest egg to start, right? Um, so, we were sitting there in the production, uh, one of the production, not the production meetings, but a meeting with the producers. And I remember we dropped the valuation and they were like, no way. Like, listen, and, and they did us a huge favor because it's like, listen, you go on there with that valuation. They're going to just get rid of you for whatever reason. So we had to find something that worked for the sharks, worked for the producers and worked for TV, right, to get us on the show. So that's how we came up with that valuation. Um, again, we know we knew what our valuation was beforehand. Um, we still know what our valuation is, but it's just like, yeah, that's how we came up with the two hundred thousand for five percent, right? Um, so when it got to twenty percent, it was like we had already discussed. Donovan was I asked him what he was comfortable with, and he said twenty percent, and I said okay, cool, that was it. So they were going to go higher than that. We weren't going to take it, and that would have just been that, right? So, mm. yeah, no, I, I, it's it's a it's a delicate balance uh, of percentage and dollar uh, dollar value, specifically dollar value, because you know basically once you get past two hundred thousand, it's just you know every hundred thousand is like the the odds of you getting a deal are just less and less and less and less. Yeah based on the the history of them and the fact that they just don't like to spend, you know, cause it's, it's just a lot of money to commit to one thing that may or may not yep. work out. You hell, they could get, you could give them, you know, 80% of the company, but it's still a larger sum of money for them to have to commit to one thing that and people forget. So I just wanted to say people forget. Like, I think sometimes because a lot of times with the pitching and everything, people, kind of mix in venture capital, you know, and like the sharks. And the thing is, is like, no, the sh- it's just like you said, the shark is one person, right? Like they're an individual, right? They're not a fund. They're not a private equity fund or firm. It's one person. So you're a hundred percent correct. It is a lot of money to give up, right? Like to invest in, um, you know, these companies. So it makes total sense. I think a lot of people forget that they're not all billionaires either. The only, there's only one billionaire. That's Mark. And Mark would like to stay a billionaire and not give, you know, half a million dollars to every person that comes on the show just for the sake of being a billionaire. You know, it, it's still yeah. a lot of money. Like, you you know, to move that amount of money is 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 a lot. 
Yep. It's, yeah, and, it's he, a, and and most of it, if I'm like, correct me if I'm wrong, but most of his Shark Tank investments have not panned out, right? Like in terms of like the the end all be all. Like I I I heard, yeah, like he invests in the yeah he invested yeah. in said companies and they didn't work out. So it's like yeah, that's real money to Mark. That's you know pretty much gone or lost. And it doesn't matter how rich you are, right? Like it's you still work for that money; it's still yours. And nobody likes losing money. Who likes losing money? You know what I mean? Like, well, so, I mean, you do have some write-offs at some point, but you know, yeah, you, yeah, plan, you plan for those, for you know, as much as possible. And yeah, uh, you know, I yeah, I, I, I mean, I remember once reading. I think Kevin was the most was the most at at least at one point maybe like three four years ago he was the one that had the most deals fall through, um, yeah. and uh, but I think Robert was like pretty close behind. I mean they all pretty much have deals that that fall through for one reason or another, not just because of them and not just because of the entrepreneur, but um, right. sometimes you know especially like talking with some of the people that have been on the show, entrepreneurs that end up getting deals with multiple sharks is a uh, that is a task <laughs> to, not yeah. just to get the deal with them, but to actually get a deal that everybody can agree to because yeah. now you're dealing with multiple sharks that have multiple interests and companies and things that intertwined. Uh, it's, it is a task to get those deals done um, for sure. But, but yeah, I, I, uh, I, yeah, I think sometimes people just like to forget that they're, that they are people. And, um, and we've talked about this on a live stream recently about Kevin and the whole FTX collapse, you know, and, and it's like, you know, Kevin's a person too. Uh, you know, he doesn't mean that he's perfect just because he's got lots of money. doesn't make him perfect. He, right. You know, uh, he's also greedy. Cause like, he's not afraid to take some money and like say, Oh, that's a thing that sounds too good to be true. Well, how much are you paying me again? <laughs> All right. Well, you know, it's okay. Cause someone else will take the fall for it. I still, I'm still on TV and that's not going to change. It was $12 million, right? So, I, like, I, do, I heard between 12 and 15 yeah that's a lot, that's a lot of yeah that's to, just know. to talk about it. and he talks a lot <laughs> cnbc like msnbc as much as possible so congress um, <laughs> but 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 he also shows you just how much um and that's why i was pointing out like when i did that live stream too it's like you can go to cameo and get him to say something nice about your company for like five less than five grand and it used to be like 1500 yep and I remember before I, I went in the way back machine, but I remember seeing it for 500 bucks. You could get them to say literally anything for 500, like promote ride fresh for just 500. dollars. I know somebody that did it for their podcast conference. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, well, I don't think Kevin O'Leary is going to the, this podcast conference, but clearly they paid for a cameo and like kind of cropped out the cameo logo. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah. um, but, but it just shows to show you like they're willing to do whatever for whatever amount of money. Yeah, there's a lot of you people know. like that. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people like that. And you know, again, I, I to your point is that nobody's perfect, right? Like uh, I take that with me as well, right? Which is, you know, people. I don't know what what it is about people who have a lot of money and people just assume they can't make mistakes or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, people they they do mess up just like you, right? They just might have more money in the bank. It's um, you Mark know. <laughs> it's like you know it is what it is so yeah 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 it's uh yeah i I think we have to remember that we're all just still human at the end of the day and 
most of the money came from a circumstance, you know, a set of circumstances that happened. And, it, you and know, it doesn't it, mean right? that you got everything right. You figure out the universe. Right, right. That's it. You know, circumstance. That's it, you know, so. So anyway, let's go like you're going into the tank. Um, well, actually, before before we get there, how did you, you talk about the process of setting up your pitch that you were going to make? Uh, and I guess we could start to get into the, the joke and uh, yeah. how intentional, unintentional all of that was. Yeah. So you work. Uh, so we work each each group is, uh, set of entrepreneurs works with the production team. So we work with the production team, one of the guys who was very familiar with our business. So they work with you from the time they hit you up about your application and your video submission. Uh, So you submit a video pitch. You're asked to submit a video pitch. uh, And then they tell you, you know, you just they work with you from one round to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. Right. So they are your guiding light in terms of each one of those steps, what you have to submit what needs to change on the next round. So we did a couple of rounds of video feedback. They gave different feedback like, hey, change the lighting here, change the pitch here. Um, and so it's primarily a combination of feedback on the video and then also the the written pitch. So from day day one of them actually being assigned to you, they're, uh, the kind of primary thing they're helping you with is the pitch, which is the 90-second uh, pitch that you hear with every entrepreneur on Shark Tank, right? Um, and so they work with us through a couple of, revisions about that um we work with them on like the props so like you see the air cannons that we use um all of our setup we we actually had to have something like rendered which i didn't know which was one of the crazier parts of the process they wanted us to actually have like a 3d rendering of what our display would look like so i had to hit up one of our boys shout out to my boy austin he's like a um you know like a real life uh cad designer uh, uh architect and i had to have him do the rendering so like there's all of this stuff um, that the producers are consistently asking for um, throughout this three to four month period. And then they get to the point where you get approved, you get approved, you get approved. Um, and then your pitch is actually finalized before you uh, before you actually go and tape. Right. Um, and in the in the process, the producers are constantly reminding you to, uh, you know, that the fact that you, you look, you might tape, but that doesn't mean that you're air. So you kind of want to give yourself the best chance of airing for some people it's a sob story right um for some people it's like and by sob story i don't mean like fabricated like some people really have some really you know uh emotionally triggering stories right um and you see that a lot for some people it's a funny moment for some people it's they might like really say something aggressive to one of the sharks right i remember one time a guy was like asked kevin if he was out um and then he was like okay well you can be quiet because you're right like so there are different moments that happen in your pitch that are going to make it more tv friendly so keeping that in mind um you know and i've told this story before but i'll tell it again keeping that in mind okay we're working on our script um we originally wanted to get so we have mavericks licensing um but we don't make those products currently and with the schedule being dynamic it was going to be $10,000 for us to even try to get them done the right way. And we didn't know exactly what date we'd be shooting. So we could, could have potentially spent that amount of money and never even got that product. We, we spent money on other props that we never got because we shot two weeks early. Right. So um, we weren't in a position to just have Mavericks air fresheners on hand. So knowing that and knowing 
the TV kind of moment, I'm like, well, we have Warriors air fresheners, so let's write a joke in, in the script, uh, you know, make a little fun of Mark, like a little poke. Um, I'm a lifetime marketer, so I already knew that, look, negative, positive, or otherwise, like, we're going to get a reaction out of him somehow, and I knew um, in my mind that that reaction is going to be positive for the business, regardless of what the outcome is, because I know that we're going to create a moment that's going to be more than TV friendly. It's going to be viral, right? He could have been, he could have laughed it off. He could have, we didn't know what he was going to do. Um, and, you know, they were given the displays and it just so happens that he had the, uh, the Warriors air freshener given to him. We didn't necessarily play that part, but added to the moment. So I'm not mad about it at all. Um, I'm sure the producers probably knew that was a good TV friendly thing to kind of add to the joke. Um, but yeah, so we wrote the joke in, um, you know, I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was timely. Uh, didn't know that he was going to react the way he did, but again, we were prepared for it. Um, but you know, didn't think he was going to be out as aggressively and as, as soon as he was, but you know, a lot of people have been asking us about this, Joe. And for me, it's like, you know, I totally get his reaction and I, and I respect it. I have no problems with the way that Mark Cuban reacted. Um, I know people online, there's a lot of chatter about it. People calling us idiots and calling him sensitive and all that. Uh, I think it was just everybody sticking to their guns, right? Like for us, it was about creating a moment. And for him, it was about his passion for his team. And so I totally understand why he did. I don't feel, uh, you know, any, 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 any kind of way. He was one of the sharks that we were, you know, potentially looking to do business with. But at the end of the day, the reaction that we've gotten, I'm sure even as a evidence of your video, right, and a lot of other stuff, um, it was a moment. And so those moments for, for, for me as the guy that's in charge of marketing, like constantly putting us in the, in the social conversation was the underlying goal, as well as, you know, making sure that we aired. And uh, we walked out of that room confident that, hey, look, like all the stuff that happened in this segment, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're going to air at some point in time, right? So um, that was the full story but behind that, behind that joke and behind that moment. Joe, Joe, real quick, if you look at my face, there's a clip. If you if you look at my face after Mark says what he says, I in, in my brain, I was saying to, I was saying to myself about Donovan, I was like, you're you're a, a genius. <laughs> like because like, I'm smiling because I'm sitting here saying this is going to be a viral moment. I knew it. The, the moment Mark reacted that way, I was like. This is not what we expected, but my God, his reaction is not only going to get us on TV for sure, right? But but it's going to create a viral moment. And kudos to Donovan because that was, you know, his idea. At first, I wasn't sure. I remember he knows, but I'll have the conversation with him like, man, you sure? Like, you, know I mean? like, you think he's going to react? But it, it worked. And and I mean, that was just such a, a genius move. And the one thing I will say um, that Donovan said that, that I, I, I kind of feel differently on is when, and I wanted to touch upon that is like, not that it's, you know, it is what it is. The internet is what it is, but you know, the, the thought process that we're somehow idiots to me, is just like, you know, I like that. I'm like, okay, like maybe you didn't agree with what we did, but like, listen guys, like if you watch the pitch and you actually listen to what we're saying and talking about nobody on that stage, us, the shark, nobody's, are idiots, right? Like, like we know exactly <laughs> what we were doing, guys. Just so everybody knows, um, and and the proof is in the pudding. And 
that's not I don't say that just because Dom is my brother. I said it because of the results. Right. So whether you agree with what we did or not, the one thing that you cannot argue with us about is the results. Right. And everything else that's going on behind Ride Fresh. So I really wanted to just say that because it's like, you know, I get if you don't agree, but like, calm down. You know what I'm saying? Like, just a little bit. Like, nobody is, we know exactly what we're doing and we're confident in exactly what we did. And, you know, I'm just happy it turned out the right way. So, so I feel, I feel dumb. <laughs> Can I? So I, I, when I record these, I record these live. I don't watch them ahead of time. Um, so I don't do any like research or anything. And I also don't really follow the NBA like outside of the Sixers because I'm yeah, more yeah. like I'm you know I follow the four teams here in Philly. Um, so like it didn't even occur to me <laughs> about what the like what the joke was about at the time. Right. You know, like so I was like winning. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. Like, sure. But I didn't, it didn't occur to me at the time that, like, oh, it was the Warriors. They beat the, you know, the Warriors beat them. Um, yeah. And you know what's ironic is I think I was watching, I might have actually been watching some of those games at a friend's house during a poker game. <laughs> so Probably. I didn't, even, like, I was yeah. like, not even that. Cause, um, well, no, the Sixers, the Sixers lost in that round, right? I believe. Cause we were watching yeah, the Sixers yeah. game and then they, then the, then the yeah. Warriors and Mavs game came on afterwards. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. I've watched some of it and it didn't even occur to me at the time, like yeah. when, when watching it live, um, that, that was the case, you know, that was the case and that I knew that, uh, you had other teams there, but it just didn't, you know, the, it didn't, didn't click for me. <laughs> no, it's all, it's again, it's all good. And, and, um, that the, to that point that Don made about the timing, I think it's crucial for people to understand that too. We're on a we're on a flight to 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 uh, Memphis to talk to AutoZone, right? Automat. We had already had a, a a meeting with them, so we're talking about test, like doing tests, maybe a hundred, two hundred stores, right? And then we get the call the minute we land, right? Don, Don's on the phone. I'm like, yeah, what's going on? He's got this smile on his face. He's like, okay, so we got the air date, uh, and I said, that's great. But the, the film day, the tape, right? Day. The film day, not the air day. Sorry, the film day, right? And I was like, "That's great." And he was like, "Yeah, but it's two. It's two days away." We they told us we had to be there Saturday six a.m. We're in Memphis on Thursday, Thursday night, right? So we go in, and I'm like, "Okay, cool." There's no way we're ever gonna get Maverick air freshers done in two days. It's not gonna happen, right? Like, it's just it wouldn't be possible. But we were just like, that's when everything started to take off because we used that as a tool with AutoZone 2 and ended up getting, you know, 2,000 locations. But um, I wanted to paint that picture, too, for people like, listen, we, that's part of how it goes on Shark Tank. They're not, there's no set plan for when they're going to call you until you're on. But when you're on, it's time to go. And we made that decision, committed to it, and, uh, yeah. you know, we, we, we reaped the benefits from it. And one thing I know you have a, like a big entrepreneur audience, Joe. One thing I want to tell people is it's an example of, I mean, I, I don't want to say it too crudely, but like, you know, sometimes you you, you have to uh, let's put it like this. If, if you are a man, embrace your manhood. Right. And like you choose a choice and you go with it. That's one. And then the other thing is like, man, look, like take what you have. Right. Like in my mind, how we arrived at that joke was looking at what we had, knowing we weren't going to get the maps in time. Right. So in my mind, it's like, this is the definition of an entrepreneur. You look at what you have. Okay, we have the Warriors. Okay, I know the Warriors beat them. 
okay, boom. Well, then this is actually an opportunity. So instead of wallowing in the fact that we weren't going to be able to have Mavs Air Freshers to give Mark Cuban, I'm thinking as an entrepreneur of how we can use what we do have. And I think that the important piece of that for anybody out there that's watching this as an entrepreneur is like literally your perspective and approach and taking what you have. And it's, it's a cliche, right? But like, it's a real thing. And this is an example of that, like taking what you have and using that to, 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 to flip it and to, to make it a positive for your business and not having to focus on what you do have. Cause you could, we could have had a meltdown about, damn, we can't get the Mavs and, you know, instead of that, my, sh- my, my, my mindset shifts immediately to what's the best way that we can use one of the five teams we have. Oh, Warriors. OK, boom. Right. And so controversial. Yes. Ballsy, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, I just wanted to note that for like all the entrepreneurs out there um, and, and, and kind of use that as an example of, you know, using what you have instead of focusing on what you don't. Yeah. And, and the last thing I add to that is and who let's go back to this. Who's going to who? People act like it was set in stone that Mark Cuban was going to give us a deal. You know, like, like the, the, the thought process that, like, we had to cater to Mark so much to the point where it was like, we're going to get the deal with Mark just because he was an NBA. If we're talking brass tacks, we already have the NBA, right? So it's like, I, I respect the hell out of Mark Cuban, right? I have no issues with Mark Cuban whatsoever. But it's also like, yeah, at what point, like Don said, like, are you going in there as a guppy, right? Like, just to be <laughs> devoured by the sharks? Like, or are you walking in there as, as a man or woman and standing on your own two in your own product and you have the numbers, you have the business? I didn't know who was going to give us a deal, right? But it, but like Don said, you have to be resourceful and then stand in that and you know, that's another point that I wanted to get across, which was everyone just assuming that Mark Cuban was going to invest in Ride Fresh. And it's like, no, you know what I mean? Like there are four, four, five sharks on that stage. And, you know, even though Mark is the richest one, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to invest in us. You know what I mean? So, you know, we just had to play the field. And that's what we did, man. We played the field for Ride Fresh, not Mark Cuban. I ding ding uh, for everything you guys just said. You know, the words that came to my mind was brown nosing. And when we see this with a lot of entrepreneurs that go on the show, they'll make Shark Tank versions of whatever they make and, and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, to, to, to specifically go out of like if you had them, like if you had it, you had it right. But you didn't have it. And I think you made the I mean, you clearly made the right decision, but I think you made the right decision because people could flip that on its head and say, oh, wow, look, they, they went out of their way to make sure they had Mavs. Is it licensed? Is it not licensed? Like, I know that was one of my questions uh, that I had while watching. It was like, are these actually licensed? But if they weren't licensed, why not just make a Mavs one at that point, right? Like, yeah. why not make a Shark Tank one at that point? Why not make a, uh, I don't know, a, Her- a Hershevec, uh, co- you know, company logo, you know, one or, or, or O'Leary funds or whatever it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Um so I, you know, I, I think that you could, you know, it easily could also, I mean, maybe nobody would point out that it would be like, oh, they're just brown nosing Mark trying to get Mark because of the thing. But, but maybe the only reason there's the connection is because of the NBA and you're absolutely right. There's no guarantee that any of them are going to give you a deal, let alone Mark. And just because Mark has the team and the NBA connection doesn't mean that he's, you know, oh, I, I got to jump in on this too. Like I got to, I have to do it because it's the NBA. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's key. Right. And if you watch the show, you know, if fans of the show, right, he does that a lot. 
right? Like people will bring in license or unlicensed license, whatever, right? Like math stuff. And then they don't get a deal, right? So it's like, okay, so, I mean, again, it's about at the end of the day, stop looking at them as your savior, as the crux of your business, right? And look at like what you are, like what, where do you stand in this business conversation, right? Like not, it's not like, oh, again, the wants and needs, right? Joe, we go back to that, right? The, the wants and needs. And so I think that's crucial for anybody who's trying to, to, to think about, you know, going on Shark Tank or pitching or whatever, right? Like make sure that your house is in order and you're solid there and you can have the conversation eye to eye instead of, oh, please give me a deal and I'll do anything to brown nose to get this. And, you know, then you don't get it. Then you feel even 10 times worse, right? <laughs> like, this is what you get. This is the look you get when you're brown nose. Too. <laughs> I've, seen, I've yeah, seen that. I, I, mean, I mean, Joe, like for me, I mean, you know, I think Trey's absolutely right. And then also like by the time and people ask us this all the time, like, you know, what was it like when he did go out so quickly? And I, I would be lying if I said it, it wasn't a little like, you know, abrupt for us. But I think by the time you get there, people forget this. By the time you get to filming, you've worked on that pitch literally like thousands of times. You, we've worked on this business for three plus years, four years. And so by the time you get there, for me, my logic is like if I fall or if we fail, it's going to be on like, what I thought we should do or what we thought we should do, not like brown nosing or trying to acquiesce or doing anything really. There's a, there's a litany. There's a lot of things you could do that kind of in business that you're like, mm, I'm not really comfortable with that. Right. It could be doing business with somebody. It could be the way somebody talks. So like to me, if you do all that work in, on the business and on the trying to get on the show, then to me, it's like, yeah, you damn right. I'm going to fall on my sword at the end of the day if I fall. Like at this point, like we've done all of this to like for me to do something as not that that doesn't really embody entrepreneurship. You know what I'm saying? Like to, to go that far to stop trusting your gut at the end. It's like for me, you know, that's why I told Trey on, in, on that call. I'm like, you know, whatever happens, like I'm personally individually comfortable doing this because the fail safe is like exactly what happened was going to be the worst case scenario. Like he's out. He's out quick. And then we go kind of viral. Like, I'll take that. Right. Like from a business standpoint, I'll take that. But when you're there, I tell people all the time, too, it's like there's no editing. There's no sound guy. There's no music in the background. There's no retakes. So, like, we kill our pitch. If you go back and watch, like, we didn't mess up really at all. And it happened just like that. Like, that's not a cut. That's not a quick cut or an edit. (laughs) First thing immediately when we were done. And so what they didn't show was, though, that a lot of the other sharks credited us on our resilience, right? So throughout the, this is like four minutes in. So we had another 35, 36 minutes of them actually asking business questions and we stood tall and we delivered, right? And that's a lot of what doesn't get seen. It's like, we could have easily kind of faltered right there. Like, oh, man, like he, he's really out. Like we've worked our whole lives to get here and he's out. Maybe in the back of my mind, it could have been like, damn, maybe I shouldn't have made that joke. But because we're, to Trey's point, we're so firm in who we are and the work that we've done, like, we really didn't allow that to, to, to get us to stumble. And all of the other Sharks on the panel noticed that, whether they invested or not. They all walked away feeling like, wow, like, these guys came in prepared. They didn't let Mark. You know, Robert spoke a lot about that, which they cut out some of that. Um, and he was but just you like, can actually, you can see like it. That. Like Don said, you can see that uh, in Rob's response, one of the cuts, he's like, it just cuts straight to, he's like, you guys are the real deal. 
right? Like he didn't yeah. just say that out of nowhere, right? It was like, no, we were. At the, they say that I remember seeing a clip with um with uh, Mr. Wonderful, and he's like, Kevin, he's like, you know, you can tell who is gonna win, right, and who's gonna lose. And I think that again, like Don said, you know, by that point, you know, we're looking at them. The stage is elevated, but you know. I would say not even just the Shark Tank experience. I would just say our experiences in general, like who we are as people, like where, like what we come from. Like there's not going to be any conversation in which when once we are prepared, once we get to that point in that stage and the lights are on, we're warriors in the arena, right? So once he leaves and goes out, like is it uncomfortable? Yes. But at the same time, you know, we're standing back on all our deals that we have, right, with Target, AutoZone, all these things are real, right? They're not like just things, figments in our imagination and head. So we know who we are. We know where we are. And we say, okay. And if you're if you're out, Mark, like I said, we're sorry at the end. I'm like, I'm sorry, Mark, right? Because it's like, look, man, you're a cool guy. I don't want to piss you off too crazy. It wasn't meant to really get you that upset. But, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it's like, man, we're entrepreneurs, just like you were an entrepreneur at one point in one time. Obviously, you're at a whole nother level, but still the game is the same, right? Which is that confidence. You have to have the utmost confidence in yourself. And if you don't have that, you know, maybe you should rethink what you're doing, right? So that's what I'd say. Oh, 100%. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Don. Yeah, no, the last thing I was going to say is like it's similar to like what a lot of elite athletes talk about when they talk about pressure, right? And what the best athletes will tell you is like, you know, obviously getting nervous is a part of the natural human emotion to a lot of things, but it can be easily overcome by like your confidence, not just like your confidence walking around like that self, like manufactured confidence, but like actual confidence that's rooted in your preparation, right? Like yep. Steph Curry takes a shot on a three. He's not confident because he just feels like he can make it. He's confident because of the amount of shots that he's taken and the way that he's worked on his craft. So when the ball goes to him at the end of the game, whether he makes it or misses it, He's not nervous because he's like, I feel like I should be here. Like, I know I should be here and I'm going to step in and do what I've been doing for the past, you know, X amount of years. And we felt the same way. Right. Like people ask all the time, like, do you get nervous? I'm like, yeah, I'm human. You get nervous, but you that's overcome by like, you know, okay. well, then they start asking about the business and the answers are the same as we've been giving every other meeting and every other potential investor and partner and whoever else for the last four years right like so when you get to the nitty-gritty of it i think the the confidence that trey's talking about is a is a is um not a manufactured you know thing from your own ego but like actually rooted in your experience and your reps in the gym right it's like yeah to like trey's point like once we're talking about the business we're just people talking about the business like there's not the fear element there because this is real so like for somebody who's going to go up there and bs Maybe they start to get a little like, oh, wow, they're on to me, right? But like, if you're thorough and you're tight and you and you're on your job, like, there's no reason to be nervous. Like, what are you gonna? What are they gonna do? Come beat me up? Like, <laughs> like what am I? What are you? You know what I mean? Like, what are you nervous about? Like, I'm ready to talk about my business that we've been busting our asses on for years. Like, yeah, sure, let's talk about it, right? So I think that the 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 confidence, I think, especially for like the younger generation of entrepreneurs, because I think they're a very confident generation and, and group of, of people. But I think that it's important to remember that that has to be rooted in like your work and your repetition and your, you know what I mean? Your experience, not just like, don't just walk out there because they can sniff that too. Right. Like when it's like, look at this guys, they ask you two legit questions about your business and you don't have the numbers. 
yeah, your confidence is going to cut it, buddy. Like, you know, you see that on the show. That, that That's happened quite a few times where they walk out there and they're, you know, like, be somebody, be somebody or something. Yeah, and then it's like, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, and then as soon as they get that inkling, <laughs> as soon as they get that inkling, You've seen the show a million times, Joe, right? Like, as soon as they get that inkling mm -hmm. that there's a BS meter to be no. had, it's over, right? <laughs> like, Damon's the bloodhound, man. He he sniffs yeah. it out. And and if he's not there, then it's Kevin, you know, getting right to it and, and asking. Uh, and if it's not him, then it's then it's probably Mark, right? Deep, right. Digging deep into what he, you know, his, his detector's going off. So, um, no, I, I, I mean, I, I think you, you guys definitely, uh, made the right decision and, and that, you know, that confidence, you know, comes from knowing that you're okay. It doesn't matter if you walk out and don't get a deal. It doesn't matter. I mean, it matters if you err, but you know, it, it's not, uh, the end of the world if you don't, right. It's a lot of time and, and blood, sweat and tears, uh, and money invested yeah. to make it, to make that happen. But at the end of the day, like, you know, you're still moving forward with your deals. They're not. They're not going to beat you up or like call. Oh, I'm, I'm calling AutoZone right now and right. and shutting your deal down, right? And um, to Mark's point, I um, look if this ha if that happened to Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, like, and he didn't act in a similar type of way, um, okay. yeah, we would have been yeah. roasting him on the radio like nonstop because he just kind of like didn't. He kind of floundered when it came you know, push came to shove about his team. It's, right. it's different when you have a team that's owned by um, an owner, like an ownership, right? And there isn't one head person that's at the top or one family that's at the top. Um, you know, like the Flyers are owned by Comcast, Universal, or whatever, Xfinity, Comcast, Universal. So, yeah, it's like nobody's going to the CEO of Comcast and being like, hey, you're not doing the thing. Like, <laughs> Cause he don't care. It's not like, it's just the dot, you know, it's, it's dollar figures on a, on a piece of paper to him. You know, it's not like when we had Ed Snyder here who cared about the flyers, you know, who, who, who eats, you know, eat, sleep and, and breathe and, you know, lived the flyers or, or Jeffrey Laurie or, or any of the ownerships that, uh, or owners, I should say that, that like the buck stops here. And in Mark's case, he lives, breathes and eats that, right. He doesn't own a bunch of different teams. I mean, even, I mean, even, um, what the Sixers ownership uh, is the same dude that owns uh, the 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 New Jersey Devils, I think, and maybe one other team. So mm -hmm. it's like and nobody takes him seriously because you know here in Philly, where we actually care, actively care about our sports team. Maybe in other town, you know, other cities where people don't care as much, it's a different story. But for Mark, it's very real, very personable um, and personal for him because he invests so much of his time and, and energy into it. So I don't think he overreacted. And even if he did, it's for TV. He's not dumb. Yeah, He's yeah, on it, TV. It, it, <laughs> yeah, like, Joe, so you know, and, and for everyone, it, we never took it personally, right? Like, there was not one time where we were upset at Mark. Like, oh, it's all – I'm talking about all the people in the comments that were taking it yeah. personally oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. or per, for Mark. Yeah, it was yeah, very yeah. polarizing. It was very – Polarized yeah. a lot of people, but that I mean that led to more conversation. But he definitely probably added some additional sauce on it to to excite his fan base and make it for a better episode, right? Um, you know, I, I kind of felt like that in real time too. I was like, okay, that was a little extra, but I know why you're doing that, right? Like you want it to air, right? Yeah, right. Because exactly. so ultimately, the NBA is a business, right? It, that's exactly. the thing. It's he is serving the NBA. 
Right. So at the end of the day, it's all about it's yeah, it's about the Mavs, but it's really about the NBA, and that helps put this in front of more people, right? Um, and and the people are gonna feel you want people always to feel one way or the the other, right? Don't I want you to like absolutely love me or absolutely hate me. Don't not know because if you don't know, then you don't know how to tell somebody about it. <laughs> right. And if they don't tell somebody about, it, then um, that's not real working real well for you as far as getting the word out. So. Um, so you guys wind up getting a deal with Barbara. Who, who was your first pick of, of shark? Was it, was it Barbara? It couldn't have been. Mark. Barbara, was no. <laughs> um, yeah, I would, I would say, you know, we definitely were eyeing Mark just because although we have the licensing, you know, there were some things he could probably help us do on the distribution side uh, with our licensed products. But I mean, outside of him, I didn't really have any, um, and even his preference was like, I would say a light one. Like I didn't have any preference for me. It was about who was the, you know, and even outside of Shark Tank, like who we partner with is about who is the best fit, um, but also who has like a fundamental belief in the business and us as entrepreneurs. Right. So whoever, you know, was was talking along those lines was who was going to get get more favor with me. Um, I, I, I kind of assumed Lori wasn't going to be a great fit. Um, I think her <laughs> feedback was valid. Um, I didn't really quite understand really what Robert was saying with his feedback. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that was the only thing <laughs> I was like a little confused about with the story oh, with man. the air freshener, and it was like, all right, I guess. Like, um, but you know, I, I, I didn't really have a, a major preference. I'd say anybody who I felt like was going to believe in us and support us and and be a good working partner. Yeah, for me, I would just say I think um, I, I didn't have any preference at all. Right. Like I wanted it's kind of like what Don said, which is the personality that really didn't matter to me. It was more about what can you do to actually help build and scale our company. Right. Like the j- j- the money is one thing. Right. But it's also like, well, what can you do from like Don said, a distribution standpoint? Right. Like sales, digital marketing, whatever. Right. Like what can you do that kit that you can do better than us and do it bigger than us? Right. Like at, to bring actual value to the company, not just the financial piece, right? So, you know, we just wanted to see who would be that right partner. Um, and Barbara stepped up, right? When everybody else kind of just was like, well, I don't really know. And, um, you know, she she really liked us as, as entrepreneurs, right? Like, like she said that straight up and she was a very uh, 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 intent about that. And and that's how she, you know, we came to come to a deal. Right. So. Yeah. I, well, I mean, and that's, I think that's one of the things that we see in the tank is sometimes you, you, you get those surprise sharks that you wouldn't expect to, mm-hmm. to, to necessarily be the one that wants to be the partner to that type of business. And mm-hmm. uh, so I think that, I think it's awesome that Barbara, uh gave you you know offer to give you guys a deal and um and 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 run with it right i mean yeah it's funny you say robert you were kind of confused there with with uh with his feedback but as we call on the show he was uh, you know he's robert robertering roberting it robert i can't talk robert, <laughs> yeah no it's okay. we just were, during the during even during the show we were just like in the back of our heads we were like okay yeah thank you because it didn't make any sense just being honest right so we were just like okay like that one I don't get why you said you were out something it was something about like 
him and remembering air fresheners and him being a kid and having to go from Canada to Miami. And I was like, oh, yeah, Hey man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, and we just kept it going. So I wonder like, I don't, well, I don't have the sound playing. Uh, no, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't it. But uh, no, it, it... he said he was trying to wrap his head around getting, uh, oh, it's because he because all he could see in the back seat was the air freshener, uh, yeah, it, it, on his way from Toronto to right. I guess Florida or whatever. But but uh, yeah, so I guess it was triggering for him. I mean, it's funny we pick up on things like that in our it, you know as kids uh, or even as adults, where it's like things that we don't even realize are triggering uh, memories end up becoming those things. You know, the smells of a house this you know the sounds of a sport or the sounds of a you know the the playground or whatever like it just becomes like a thing and it triggers those memories for us and um robert i guess hated sitting in the back of a car (laughs) watching watching uh the the little tree sway back and forth but uh so i bet you you still rides cars rising cars though (laughs) oh yes uh, well, he does. He doesn't like. Well, the, yeah, he probably does ride the back of cars uh, that he can't see the front. Maybe the, you know, depending on what kind of car it is, right. <laughs> can't see the front of it. Right. So, um, so you guys get the deal. Uh, you leave t- the tank. What's some of the first things you guys did after after secu- you know, securing that deal in Shark Tank? Well, the number one thing is they have a a uh, psychiatrist. So as soon as you go, you walk back to your dressing room, the first thing they do is have a psychiatrist come and talk to you um, to kind of make sure you're okay. Because the whole experience is like, it's a lot, to be honest. Like, it's just a, a wide range of emotions in a short span of time, right? So it's like, you know, um, that's the first piece. And then we kind of excited to call our parents and our business, our other business partner, tell them what happened internally. But um, it's a, like what I would do, describe as it starts off as excitement and then it's a contained excitement um, because we know that we just filmed and we were successful with Barbara but we still don't know that we're going to air so um, that I would say was the was the worst part which is like from filming in July right all the way down to like not knowing from then until November 1st or 2nd that we would have an air date right so for those three months I'm like literally waiting in my inbox every day to see an email that says you guys are confirmed to air. And um, I started getting really nervous because they showed <laughs> a week, a week, week one or week two, they showed like three of the other people that were in our pod or filming that day. Right. So there was like, I think a company called Whoopals and some other people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Week two. And I'm like, wait, that's <laughs> everybody that filmed the same day as we did. And like all the sharks have on the same clothes, so I'm like, oh shit! Like, did we not make it? Like, did Mark was Mark because he's a producer, so I'm like, did he like get really upset and tell him not to air us? Like, what happened? So I'm starting to get nervous. Um, but yeah, from the time you film until the time that they notify you that you're going to air, it's a very uh, anxiety-inducing time, right? Because you just don't know for one reason or the next. You don't know, and this is after eight or nine months of like them constantly reminding you us having wins right like hey you're gonna film hey you're gonna film this date okay you actually film like all these wins but every win is capped with like okay but you're not guaranteed to air right so like from the application process to actually filming to get the deal 
that their answer at the end of every notification is like in bold, in red, in the emails, like this does not mean you're airing, right? So like everything is like you get excited, but you can't fully celebrate, if that makes sense. It's a very weird dynamic. Um, And so by the time you get that, then that's super, super exciting. And then we went into a planning mode for a, we had a watch party here in LA and, um, you know, we just kind of celebrated it. We used that as a moment to celebrate collectively with a lot of supporters and family. I, I, I would say for me, I remember the first thing we did after that psychiatrist came in, um, Don, if you remember, we, so, and shout out to Mariana Elizalde. She's our head of, of operations at Ride Fresh. Um, so she dropped us off, uh, picked us up afterwards. We got the deal. And I just remember like going against these, these, bomb ass tacos right like at the spot <laughs> and really just being like wow you know we actually did it no matter what happens from this point on even if we didn't air i was i was happy because it was like you know what we really did that you know what i mean like we went on shark tank really stood tall and got a deal in spite of all the stuff that happened in the beginning like man we really did that um and then like like don said after that there was the the waiting period but I, you know, I was the one kind of, kind of calming down down a little, like, relax, bro. We're getting air. Like, I think it was very, it was telling because of the fact that the Wubles people, we met them on the uh, on the way to the Sony lot, so they were in our van with us. So we're, you know, talking to each other, and so was the other group. So then Don was like, I don't know, you know, they just aired, and I was like, yeah, bro, but it's TV. They probably have the same stuff they wear anyway somewhere laid out in the back like we're gonna air we're gonna be fine this is too good of tv not to air it like and i just kept on putting that energy out into the universe and then um we got that we got the call from barbara's uh business advisor and uh then we were like oh yeah it's on now you know so we got the congratulatory note and then we're like oh it's on now so we just started planning the party um and then you know that was that was pretty much it that is uh you know i I, yeah i think it was it's it's quite telling that um you know having having a shark go out that quickly um you know really it's it's a statement right and and so i i think you were pretty in the safe to say yeah there's a uh, it'd be really hard to believe that you wouldn't you got a deal plus you you know you made a statement and it got a reaction out of mark Yep. Now, if you didn't get a reaction on Mark, then I could say, yeah, maybe, maybe it airs, maybe it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? But because you were able, um, there was somebody, oh, I forget who it was that I interviewed that, uh, oh, it was uh, the TA3. Um, TA3, she made a mistake in her pitch and she pa- like she paused. And that, that later she found out that that's what enabled her to get air. Because she uh, ultimately didn't get a deal, and yep. she didn't have that like in the mistake in the pitch uh, where she just like froze for a second. Uh, then it, you know it, that that would have created, I guess, a no, not enough of a reason for her to air, and she got airtime because of that. So you just never really know. Um, but if it's something memorable, then it's going to be something that uh, enables you to. Uh, was it was it Tate? Somebody somebody went right before they went in the tank. They were like, they like said uh, said into the microphone. They were like, all right, let's make great TV, guys. <laughs> like you know, right before like before they walked out uh, down the down the hall. Yeah, 
But yeah, uh, it's, it's it's it actually to a funny story about that is there was somebody that uh, we didn't know, obviously, but uh, we Don was um, friendly with with the guy who was actually the last person you see before you go out. Mm-hmm. And that was like super comforting, right? Because he just basically like was like, hey, man. Knock it out, <laughs> right? So it was, it was crazy because that was the last thing we heard before we went out, and um, you know it, it, it ended up helping for sure. So that's awesome. So since since airing, since having your uh, your, your watch party, how's because it's been uh, well like a month, month and a half, a little over a month and a half now. How's mm-hmm. how's things been going since then? Uh, it's, it's definitely been going well. Uh, you know, we definitely saw a boom. In sales, obviously, uh, that that weekend, um, I think it's different now because of streaming um, and the viewership is kind of over a, a, a wider range of time. Right. Versus like the old school TV uh, way of doing things where it's like, you know, everyone's pretty much watching at the same time. Um, so it's been a pretty it, it was a spike and then it's been a kind of like a maintained lower spike, I would say, uh, but just an increase in brand awareness and then. As far as for the business, it's been good from a marketing standpoint because of uh, the coverage that we got. Uh, we were fortunate enough to be covered in like Sports Illustrated, uh, like your YouTube video, uh, MSNBC, CNBC, Yahoo Business, um, a bunch of different publications um, that have covered that moment. But by doing that, obviously covered our business and increased our awareness. So it's been all positive as far as that goes. Um, and then it's helped us open the doors for a lot of different other conversations um, with future retail partners as well. Right. Um, and it's just a good point of reference to have, like it, it quickly legitimizes you in a lot of business settings, right. Where you're just like somebody who otherwise maybe didn't want to hear what you had to say. If you're like, Hey, I was on shark tank, everybody's ears perk up. They at least kind of start listening. Right. And so um, inserting that into conversations at the right point uh, in a, in our outreach or in our conversations with people has helped a lot too, right? Uh, when it just kind of like to, to, moving forward, it'll, it'll always be that, right? It'll be something that just legitimizes you as a business person and us as a company, um, it, you know? So that's sort of the impact that it's had and I'm hoping that it will have, uh, you know, forever really. Yeah, on, on my side, I would just say, I mean, I think like Don said, being able to utilize the content from a sales perspective, like the, my outreach to people is just completely different. You know, like I just take a picture of me shaking hands with, with Barbara, right? Like and incorporate that into my, you know, outreach email. And people are like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? It's interesting because let's face it. You're not getting an email like that every day, right? Like, no. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, okay. Now this person seems interesting to me. I want to have the conversation. So as a result, uh, from the retail wholesale perspective, we're in talks with two other large, very large retailers, big box retailers um, that we weren't before the show. Um, and, you know, I think those are going to take off and, and be uh, tremendously successful for us. And like I said, it's it's almost like you have Little Tree and then you got us, right? I mean, there's the other ones in between, but everybody knows Little Tree doesn't know the other ones, right? Maybe Paradise Air. Those guys are cool over there. Shout out to them. But, you know, we want to be the Pepsi to the Coke. So it's like, it's not hard for us to get in there and say, hey, here's our story. It's pretty cool. This is an impulse buy. And, you know, there those people in auto, the buyers and stuff, they get interested because they're like, oh, this, you guys want Shark Tank. And it's a cool product. 
you know, you've innovated on the air freshener. Uh, let's give it a shot and see how it goes. And so, you know, I, I, I think that being on Shark Tank has helped us tremendously and will do so, you know, for the foreseeable future. Speaking of that, what's the future look like for you guys? <laughs> that's a, that's an open that's an open question, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll say we'll go we'll go business. <laughs> um, yeah, as far as you know, this year's a major year for us in terms of heading into some some of the biggest retailers in the world. Obviously, with AutoZone and Target, and hopefully some others here soon. Um, and you know, just taking this business to the next level on on that side of things really are. Our goal is to, to have a global retail operation fully functional by the end of the year um, and, and be, yeah, and be shipping ride fresh, um, you know, all over the world. And so we have an open call out to anybody in the distribution space, anybody in the retail space who wants to do business with us. We're, we're open and looking and then we're also, you know, bringing on, you know, people who believe in the product and feel like they can sell the product. Um, we're expanding our sales team and our wholesale operation. Obviously, that those two go hand in hand. Um, so anybody out there who's a fan or who thinks that they can sell these to, you know, to their local gas station or to some global big distributor uh, anywhere on that scale, where we're definitely looking for people to to come in and come on board and, and do that. And then on on the branding side, just continuing to, um, you know, build, build our brand, hopefully get some other licensing partnerships. Um, and then on, on the licensing side, the major thing is. You know, we're looking to do business on, on the distribution side for, for our licensed products. So big companies like Fanatics, um, you know, anywhere that can the, the teams themselves. Right. Uh, Dick Sporting Goods, all these kind of sports retailers that can help us distribute our NBA and hopefully other leagues that we hope to get licensed this year. Um, you know, one thing we learned, Joe, on the licensing side was it's great to have the licenses but it's better to have partners to help you sell those goods. Right. Um, that's where the value comes in as a licensing partner. So uh, we're definitely looking to establish relationships and do business in that space in a major way. One of the things we couldn't highlight because of media uh, conflicts on the show was our SpongeBob and our, our uh, hey. Viacom. Yep. Paramount uh, products, which we have Nickelodeon uh, SpongeBob, uh, you know, which has been tremendously successful for us. So, um, looking for more distribution on that side as well. But I'd say as a business, you know, really growing into retail and continuing to push our brand on the direct to consumer side, um, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, there's really not much more to add to that, right? Like I think I, I mentioned in the show, $300 million market. Um, and, and you know, it's, it's like I tell people, like you can say you have a, you know, a $3 billion market, right? But there's, a million players in the market. So what really, you know, are we talking about here? Uh, for us, I think obviously that 300 million a year figure uh, is just in the United States. But like Don said, these things are sold everywhere, right? So we're looking for global distribution. Um, and like I said, we've had a few people um, like New Zealand, for example, uh, the different parts of uh, the Caribbean reach out and just, you know, see if we're, you know, able to offer it. So our goal is to get worldwide distribution uh, uh, ride fresh. But in the meantime, like Don said, we're, we're willing to take a percentage of that 300 million. And yeah, it's not a billion, but for a company that's our size in terms of three founders, you know, 10 people working for us. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no brainer. So, um, yeah. 
Hey, look, it's all about steps, right? You can't get to the billion without the million first, right? Straight up. I mean, it can come in different speeds, but uh, you still got to go. Still got to go through it to uh, to get there. So, um, so tell everybody how they can get their own. Uh, well, actually, before we get to that, uh, how did you guys wind up coming across the video? Uh, so I, you were pretty quick to post this, man. Like, <laughs> like that's that's, that's that, he knows those YouTube algorithms. He knows those. YouTube yeah, you know, so like I saw you like. Com- commentating and then i was like i just i liked you as a commentator because i was like you know what this guy he's not like a lot of these youtube shock jock you know individuals that just want to just you know do the most extreme shit possible you really are breaking it down from a perspective that helps people learn and you know kind of think about the steps um as best as you can while you're interpreting it so i was like man this guy seems super reasonable so I saw the comments going down and I was like, you know what? Let me reach out to this guy, Joe, because he's got a great channel and I like the way he breaks it down. So I just decided to reach out and um, then you responded and, and here we are today, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do post these. Uh, well, thank you. First off, I, I do my best to maintain authenticity and I don't uh, I try not to edit the videos. They're all live shot. You know, we'll do it live because that's the way it is. And um, that's the yeah, way I plan to time. keep it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. 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 <laughs> Um, you know, because I, I, I want people, well, I want, I want the challenge, you know, it's, it's a, it's a challenge to, to go into these and not know. And I record them, um, the nights that they air for the most part, there's a few, I mean, I do back episodes too, but, but the new ones, I do them like this upcoming Friday and two nights, I'll be doing that episode that night and yeah. literally having it up before it ever even gets to, uh, the West coast, all four, all four pitches before it gets to the West coast. So, um, I, I, I sacrifice my Friday nights to be here and, and, and do these videos. And it's funny cause I actually like, I'll watch like the, my eyes in some of the videos as it's getting later. Cause like, I usually wake up at like five in the morning. So like yeah. by 10, 11 o'clock at night, like I'm staring at a screen in my eyes. Like if I stare too long, my eyes are kind of like getting a little like fo- like defocused. It's kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not everybody notices it in the videos, but but no, that to me it's important because you you, you guys have so much you know search traffic coming in that time, especially on the East Coast, West Coast. It, not as much, it, you know. You can definitely see from the hour to hour of the so yeah, it, it, yeah. I know you know, Dodd, because it, uh, yeah. it it goes down. But it, I know I was looking at myself. I was in the middle of setting up the last stuff of the event, which was on the West Coast, and people were blowing up my phone from the East Coast because it was like it's all now. Like, and I didn't even I had forgotten about that completely. I mean, I knew it aired, but I was like, yeah, a lot of the, the boom is, is East East time century. It, it is it is so it's important like for me to get like usually i have the first pitch up before the episode finishes airing here on the east coast if everything goes well because like, like there's a whole mess of things that can go wrong and then sometimes i do have to edit it a little bit to to get around those you know copyright claims and things but um but yeah for the most part like i try to make it as timely as possible because it is timely it's it's a huge boon to the channel and you know it, it enables people to learn more about what me and and learn along with me because like i'm learning too like i don't always know everything and uh i think that's important for any super entrepreneur to always be learning and teaching at the same time um and and 
And keep in mind that you guys only, you know, you're only seeing eight minutes of a whole like 45 plus minute thing. So, you know, I, I know recently somebody was like, oh, you know, Joe, you're always a cheerleader. Like, yeah, I'm a cheerleader for the people because they're actual people. You know, they're yeah. not playing characters and they're it's their actual business. And I don't know everything and I'm not going to purport to know like what somebody else that actually likes a certain type of product would want. Like, I, you know, I want to look at it from the number standpoint from the business standpoint what the marketing what they're doing right what they could be doing better and that's why we look at the websites at the end and all that speaking of yep. websites we pull up your website here uh you know and uh you know and i think it's just so important for those aspects for for entrepreneurs to be able to learn from what's working what's not working what could be working better uh and and all that and keep in mind that again you're only seeing a small fraction of the whole the whole picture um to me, you know, and I'm never, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to say never say never, but you're not going to see me making those shock jock type of like uh hot takes just for the sake of trying to get attention. Cause it's, it, that's not me. That's not how I operate. And uh, I want people, you know, it's about learning first and foremost. So, um, yeah. but so I, I'm glad that you guys reached out and, and came on. So tell everyone where they can go get their uh, ride fresh air fresheners. Yeah, uh, pretty straightforward. Ridefresh.com, R-I-D-E-F-R-S-H. Uh, we're still running our Shark Tank bundle promo where you can get, uh, you know, the 20% off. We usually are subscription only outside of our uh, licensed goods. But, uh, you know, one of the things we've tried lately is a, as a starter bundle. So prior to Shark Tank, we did. But we kind of wrapped that up in the whole Shark Tank wave of things just to give people a chance to try us out without having to commit to a subscription. Um, so that bundle's still up there, top of the website. Um, you can still get 20% off of that uh, by entering that code above. Um, or you can just choose to subscribe or you can buy the NBA ones or the, the SpongeBob ones. It's totally up to you. Um, one of the things we've done over the last year and a half is expand the product offering. So we started with just two air fresheners a month. Um, but now we moved into, you know, the licensed goods, uh, the bundles. Uh, you can actually gift as well. So if you want to gift somebody else an air freshener, if you know that that's one of their favorite teams, um, you can gift them that subscription or buy the buy them directly. Um, and then you can also, you know, uh, get different tiers of the subscription. If you want to go the subscription route, you can get two a month, you can get five a month, and then you can get different levels of choice, right? So you can choose your individual scents. You can choose from pairs. Or if you get the five a month customized subscription, then you can choose each individual scent of those five that you'll receive uh, on the monthly. But if you just want to try us out, there's the bundle package there above. Um, and then again, those, those licensed, uh, products, which you can, you can try directly as well. And now are, are, are they all the same scent? Uh, no, the different teams are different scents. Um, we don't, okay. you know, if people ask, we'll let them know, like the Miami heat one is, is, uh, is our, is our midnight scent. Um, the golden state warriors is ocean breeze. Um, but what we realized in testing is people care about the team. Obviously they all smell really, really good. Um, you know, but the team is kind of like the more important factor for those. Um, but if they ask, the, the scents are, 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 are available there. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you, sh uh, all of you should absolutely go check out ridefresh.com and get your scents, uh, and your teams, uh, guys, I really, really appreciate taking the time and extra time here. I know we, we ran a lot over the time we were supposed to a lot. We're happy to be here, man. And like I said, we're happy to, to, um, you know, help support 
you and then help support a channel that's actually informative and helping people grow and then showing interest, right? And the companies that go on Shark Tank. Uh, I mean, you know, that's that's always a win-win. So, you know, thank you for inviting us to come on to your show. Oh, of course. Great, greatly appreciated, guys. And you're welcome back anytime. Anything I can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Happy to help. Um, and uh, I appreciate you making it all the way to the end of this video. So I'll see you in one of these two videos over here. If you haven't watched our pitch and Mark's, uh, maybe if I select the right side, Mark's uh, reaction over here. If not, I'll see you in the next video over there. Take care and go be super. Nice, Joe. Thank you.